0: Morning. Today's scripture reading comes from Matthew chapter 6 verses 5 through 8. And when you pray, do not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by others. Truly I tell you, they have received their reward in full. But when you pray, go into your room, close the door, and pray to your Father who is unseen. Then your Father who sees who sees what is done in secret will reward you. And when you pray, do not keep on babbling like pagans, for they think they will be heard because of their many words. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask him. This is the word of the Lord for us.
1: There are no atheists in foxholes. When you're in a predicament, you cry out to God. You pray. It's just what you do. You, you ask the Lord, help me, save me, rescue me. Right? You hear those pray- prayers from each and every person. There are no atheists in foxholes. I need you. Help me. And maybe you've noticed that in your own life. You tend to pray more during trials and hardships. It's when you're faced with those obstacles and challenges that all of a sudden, you're praying more. All of a sudden, your prayer life is growing. You seek the Lord with desperation, And yes, God wants us to come to him when we're in crisis. I am not criticizing that at all. Those prayers are genuine and sort of gut level. Help me, oh God. God wants us to come to him when we're facing hard circumstances. He shows up in those places, does he not? When you're in that place of need and you cry out to the Lord, he shows up. He is faithful to meet us right where we are and to then lead us through the fire. But what if you could have the kind of prayer life where you seek him with that kind of desperation each and every day when things are going well or when you're really busy? Maybe this year. Maybe this year, God is calling you to the spiritual discipline of prayer. Maybe this year, God wants you to overcome the obstacles that tend to stand in your way when it comes to that sort of prayer life. Maybe this year, you will learn to pray anyway. That's what we're going to talk about together this morning. So let me introduce myself. I'm John. I serve as lead pastor here at MCA. Just thrilled to be with you this morning. I'm so thankful sunday is my favorite day of the week and I always look forward to our time together And I am persisting in my prayer That through our time together your heart and home grow stronger in the lord This is the final installment of our sermon series for january that we've called maybe this year This has been a series where we've been encouraged to really position ourselves for spiritual growth It's the beginning of a brand new year. Oftentimes we're setting sort of resolutions and goals and hopes and dreams for all we want to happen this year. And so we're considering the spiritual disciplines. Um, I should say, by the way, uh, take note of this. If you're interested in learning more about spiritual disciplines, we've really just kind of scratched the surface. Uh, We do have a resource available to you. Um, I think it's available on our app or we have hard copies that are at the Connection Center. And it's a list of more spiritual disciplines with descriptions of each of those. So if you're interested in going deeper in your personal study or with an accountability group or in your core group, we have that resource available for you. I want to help you to go even deeper in spiritual disciplines. I also want to invite you to come back next Sunday. We're concluding this sermon series this week, but next Sunday we are launching a brand new sermon series where we're going back to the beginning. Yes, that's right. We're going to study the book of Genesis. This sermon series is going to be called... In the beginning, it's the story of God creating, of God bringing order and function to the earth. It's going to cover the rebellion of humanity and God's unfolding plan of salvation even from those earliest days. That this good news, there is one true God, that he is the author of all life, that God brings about his will and plan, order and beauty in creation He speaks the cosmos into existence, and that we, as sort of the crown jewel of creation as humanity, we are called to reflect God's beauty, God's creativity, God's character, to the world around us. So I'm excited for this really ambitious task in 2023. Our goal of uh, studying together the first book in the scriptures, the book of Genesis. So that's kicking off next Sunday, and I really hope that you will be here to join us for that. But this morning, we're going to talk about the spiritual discipline of prayer, the spiritual discipline. prayer and i'll say this i've saved the best for last (laughs) when it comes to again we've talked about just a few spiritual disciplines in this series but prayer is the single greatest catalyst for your spiritual growth prayer is the single greatest catalyst for your spiritual growth you seek the lord in prayer you draw near to god in prayer You find strength in God's presence through prayer. You learn more about God and his character and his heart and his plan for you when you spend time with him in prayer. Yes, you marvel as God answers prayer and walks with you in loving relationship and commune with God in prayer. So this is, I would say, the most important, the most enduring, and certainly the single greatest catalyst for growing spiritually. Prayer well, there's a lot we could say about it. <laughs> that that's my task this morning. Uh is, is there are too many Bible verses for us to cover on prayer. There are too many deep and, and amazing truths about prayer. We've got kids with us today. We we don't have children's church. Let's let's put it this way Prayer is having conversations with God. Having conversations with God like when you share a meal with a a friend like let's say your best friend and you get the chance to have a a dinner together and you catch up and you discuss the things that are happening in your life and you talk about what's going on you 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 share and you listen and you enjoy the time together that's kind of what prayer is like with God it's that time spent Talking and listening and sharing and learning and growing and enjoying it So, let me ask this question when it comes to prayer What are you praying for? In fact, that might be a good uh, discussion question I don't think that's on the discussion guide, but in your sunday school hour Maybe that's a good question to ask is what's currently on your prayer list? What is it that you are praying for? Do you pray? I'll I'll take a guess on this one each and every day, you thank God for the food that you eat. That's a great prayer. You know, for, for many of us, that's a habit that we have in our homes, where before we eat, it's like, wait a minute, we haven't said the prayer yet, right? Before we eat, we stop and we thank God. Lord, thank you for this food. Do you pray thanking God for the food that you're eating? Do you thank God for your family? Do you thank God for your home and the things that God has given you? Those are good things to pray for. do you pray asking God to help you you 're confused, you need direction you 're unsure of what to do. Your car hits a patch of ice and you start to veer off the road. Help me, God, Lord, give me guidance. Are you praying for the people that are in your life like do you do you pray for the authorities that are over you, your boss or your coworkers or um, Before our nation, do you pray for the president? Do you pray for the governor? Do you pray for our senators and representatives? Do you pray for our county commissioners? Uh, If your town has a mayor. School board members. How about church leaders? Do you pray for your elders and your pastors? Your core group leaders? Are you praying for a worship leader? (laughs) Please do. Please do. We're praying for the right person that God has to come and join us in ministry, who's gifted musically, who will lead us in worship each and every Sunday. Are you praying for the people in your life, specifically for the people that you are aware of in your world, in your life, who don't yet know Jesus, and how you long for them to come into his saving grace? Do you have people, maybe they're in your family or in your workplace, or in your school that don't know Christ and you're praying for their salvation? Are you praying for missionaries around the globe? Are you praying for the next generations? The ones that are a little bit younger than you, whose hairstyles and music is a little different than yours? Are you praying for them, that the gospel would take root in their generation, that it would take root in their hearts and lives, that leaders would emerge, young men and women, bold for the gospel? This is probably the hardest one. Are you praying for your enemies? It seems like someone in Scripture told us to do that. That's right, our Lord Jesus. says to pray for our enemies. Pray for the ones that are persecuting you. The people that attack you, that try to undermine you, that go out of their way to cut you down and do you wrong, are you praying for them? Are you asking God to bless them and help them? So that's just talking about praying for the people in our lives. Are you praying for the circumstances in your life that you're facing? Are you taking to the Lord the things that concern you? Those things that maybe keep you up at night? Are you taking to the Lord the things that just really make you mad? You see these things happen in the world. I follow some of you on Twitter, by the way. Mm -hmm. And I'm not against tweeting. But there are times where I wondered, has this person prayed about this? Or was Twitter the first response? Are you taking those things that anger you? You see wrong. You see injustice. Are you taking those things to the Lord and just bringing that before God's throne? Lord, I'm upset and I'm angry and this is unjust. Are you taking to the Lord your own hurts? The places where you've been wronged, where you're struggling. And how about this? In your prayer time, are you talking to the Lord and listening to him? Are you talking and listening Or is it more of you talking? That's all, God. Thanks. See you later. Bye. Click. There are so many ways for us to grow in prayer. There are so many ways for me to grow in prayer. Um, I do want to invite you, by the way. We we gather and pray here at MCA each and every Sunday morning. So worship service is at 9 o'clock. We gather at 8.30. We pray from 8.30 to 8.45. It's a time where... We just take a few minutes, we pray for our church, we pray for the worship service, we pray for our world, Uh, and you are welcome to join us. Each and every one of you is invited. We meet in the ambassador room, which is just down the hallway on the lower level here. 8.30, Sunday mornings, we just gather, seek, seek the Lord, begin Sunday morning with really humbling ourselves before him. Because I'll say this, if we are not a people of prayer behind closed doors, then we will not be a people who rightly pray in public. Like there's something really wrong about, I'm going to get up front, and I'm going to do this in a public way, and I'm going to, and I'm going to, and Jesus talks about this in the Sermon on the Mount, doesn't he? We heard it from the scripture, Cami read a moment ago. There's something really wrong about, I'm going to pray publicly, I'm going to pray out loud because I know people are going to hear that. And I know people are going to see that. And I know people are going to think I'm really pious and holy if we don't have that prayer time in our quiet place, in our closet, prayer closet, in the inner room, in our personal living quarters, prayer behind closed doors. Jesus, in fact, tells a story about this in Luke chapter 18. Here's what he says. Two men went up to the temple to pray, one a Pharisee, the other a tax collector. Uh, by the way, tax collectors were notorious sinners. Like they were just bad people. No one liked them. They were, they were known for corruption and doing evil deeds. Tax collectors were bad, right? Pharisees would be like church leaders, lots of accolades. People liked them and looked up to them, okay? So you got a Pharisee and a tax collector. It says, uh, so Luke chapter 18, verse 11. The Pharisee stood by himself and prayed. And here's his prayer. God, I thank you that I'm not like other people robbers evildoers adulterers or even like this tax collector i fast twice a week and give a tenth of all i get verse 12 then or 13 rather here's the prayer of the tax collector who stood at a distance he would not even look up to heaven but beat his breast and said god have mercy on me a sinner Here's the words of our Lord Jesus, then I tell you that this man rather than the other went home justified before God for all those who exalt themselves will be humbled. And those who humble themselves will be exalted. In his life and ministry, Jesus had this habit of sort of withdrawing from the crowds, like pulling away, getting away from the noise. Why? Because he wanted to spend time with God, the father in prayer. Of course, there were times where he prayed publicly. But like Daniel, and we talked about him a few weeks ago in this sermon series, uh, Daniel went to the cell of his personal living quarters three times a day to pray. Just like Daniel, we must also learn this important discipline of creating space where we can encounter God and encountering God free from distraction. And it's in those places, it's those those private prayers behind closed doors that we invite God into our circumstances, our hopes, our fears, our dreams, our pain. We intercede and, and pray for our enemies and for the, all, all the different people that we just talk, talked about a minute ago. And so I'd like to suggest to you this morning that we should be disciplined in our prayer life. And if you're like me, you will say, Quickly and readily, yes, I want to grow as a person of prayer. I want to be even more disciplined because I want to be even more effective because I know I need God. And and I confess that oftentimes I've not been disciplined in my prayer life and oftentimes I've just given God this litany of things that I want to happen, amen, and I'm out the door. So what I want to do with the rest of our time together is talk about prayer and specifically I want to address Four obstacles that get in the way. So what are the obstacles that keep us from being disciplined in our prayer life and identify them? So I'm calling these four common obstacles to prayer. The first is that prayer doesn't always seem to work. So sometimes we pray about something, but we don't get the result we wanted. Hmm. I asked God to help me get the job, but I didn't get it. I asked the Lord to heal me, but it didn't work. And so we give up. I prayed about that. I tried that. And prayer doesn't seem to be working. Nothing seems to be happening. This seems like a waste of time. Whatever's going to happen is going to happen, and my prayer is not going to change anything. This is an obstacle to a disciplined, fruitful, and effective prayer life, is that prayer doesn't seem to work Well, we're viewing prayer wrong How do we get over this obstacle? We, we recognize and realize that prayer is not solely about fulfilling our wish list That prayer isn't just the means to get our desires and therefore if it's not working i'm not going to do it Prayer is about cultivating a relationship with god It's about drawing near to him, the one true God, the living God. Yes, we bring our requests before him. To be clear, we present our requests before God. Absolutely. But God is not a cosmic genie. We just tacked on in Jesus' name. Therefore, it all happened. It all came true. Just the way I drew it up. Just the way I wanted it. Well, if you drew it up and it happened that way, then you didn't really seem to need God, did you? So an obstacle to prayer is when prayer doesn't seem to work and we've got to realize that it's not just here's my wish list and unless God accomplishes it, then prayer doesn't seem to be working. And I will admit to you, there are times where it seems like prayer isn't working. Like I'm praying for this thing, the thing's not happening. (laughs) But here's what I've come to realize. God wants to change us through prayer. Not just give us what we want There's this great quote from john corson Where he says the purpose of prayer Is not primarily to move the hand of god But rather to hold the hand of god So if i'm not praying because prayer doesn't seem to be working then I don't rightly understand That prayer is cultivating a relationship with god I have viewed God as my servant who should simply do what I want. And if he's not doing it, then I'm just going to stop asking and persisting. But let's dwell on this for just a moment longer. Have you had the experience where you've asked God for something and you didn't get it, but later you're really glad? Those moments are so helpful. Where you wanted something, you know, maybe it was a relationship and you really wanted that relationship and you prayed about it. Lord, give me that relationship, but you didn't get it. And only later you find out that person is really crummy and they treat people awfully. And I'm so glad that I don't have that relationship. And then all of a sudden your prayer is, thank you, oh God, you spared me. So let's learn from those experiences. When God doesn't give us what we want, we learn to trust him. And let me say this, God always answers prayer. God always answers prayer. Sometimes the answer is no. Sometimes the answer is later. But God always answers prayer. So we can trust God. And I implore you today to trust God and continue to pursue him. Even when it seems like prayer isn't working, pray anyway. That's the first obstacle is that prayer doesn't seem to work. The second obstacle is that we feel guilty. Very frankly, sometimes we don't want to pray because we feel guilty about the things we've done. I've sinned, I've done wrong, I've I've disobeyed God, I've gone my own way and so I don't feel worthy. Like I'm not now going to come to God and ask him for something when I know I've disobeyed him. I feel guilty. I've done wrong, I know it. And so I'm not going to pray. But God wants us to turn to him in prayer, even when we've messed up, especially when we've messed up. God wants us to turn to him, especially when we've messed up. He calls us to come to him. Think about it. The prayer of the tax collector. We learned about this in Luke chapter 18, right? We had the Pharisees prayer. Thank you, Lord, that I'm not like these other people, like this tax collector. And the the prayer of the tax collector was, God, have mercy on me, a sinner. That was the prayer. That allowed the man to go home justified before God. Do not allow your sin, your guilt to keep you from God. You don't have to fix your life and then come to God in prayer. Like, I'm going to make things right first. I'm going to do things right. I'm going to prove myself. Then I'll be worthy enough to come to God in prayer. No, that's not how it works. Instead, you cling with feeble fingers to the ledge of God's great grace. (laughs) You pray the prayer of the tax collector. Lord, have mercy. I've sinned again. You don't feel worthy to come to the Lord? Good. Listen to me. You don't feel worthy to come into the presence of Almighty God? Good. You're not worthy. But God still calls you to come into his presence with humility confessing your sin and seeking his heart and recognizing that god forgives you and god is merciful toward you that in christ as the blood of jesus covers your heart and your life you are forgiven redeemed and made new that he covers you like a robe of righteousness that he calls you righteous even though your even your righteous acts the scriptures say are like filthy rags because of what jesus has done when you come to him in faith he accepts you and he allows you to come into his presence. So he is calling you and urging you and imploring you. Have you messed up? All the more reason why you should pray. Do not allow your guilt to keep you from praying. Here's the good news from John. First 1 John 1, 1.9. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. So we're talking about common obstacles to prayer. Why are we not more disciplined? Why do we not pray more? Third one is we don't know how to pray. (laughs) All right, I'm going to pray. I'm going to sit down. I'm going to talk with the Lord. I'm not sure what I should say. Now, we know that we're not to pray like the hypocrites who love to be seen by others, right? We heard that from our scripture reading. Uh, Jesus says they have their reward in full they pray just so others see them, just so others look good, right? Um, and so may, maybe that causes us to clam up. Well, I don't want to pray with the wrong motives. Well, I don't want to pray for the wrong reasons. Or like, I'm really not sure what to pray. Like, I don't know. Is this appropriate to pray about? I, when, you're, when you're feeling really mad and you're feeling really upset, and then you go to the Lord and you just sugarcoat it all? You're really frustrated and you're really angry and you're really hurt and you're really confused. And you're like, now I lay me down to sleep. I pray the Lord my soul to keep. Like, just, first of all, go to the Psalms (laughs) and see the gut-level prayers of David and the Psalms there. They're like, break the teeth of my enemies, oh God. Like, I'm so angry, and I'm going to take this to you. Like, that doesn't seem like an appropriate prayer, does it? So I think an obstacle to pray is sometimes we're not sure what we should pray. There's good news here, too, in Romans chapter 8. Here's what Paul teaches in verse 26. He says, likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. For we do not know what to pray for as we ought, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. The Holy Spirit will give us the right words at the right time. He will help us. If you're still concerned with knowing how to pray or what to pray, don't worry. I brought along an instructional video this morning. Check it out.
0: But have no fear, we've created a simple resource to help educate you on how not to pray.
1: Duck, goose!
0: (laughs) Just because the group is in a circle, doesn't mean they're playing duck, duck, goose. Be on the lookout for little details that may indicate it's a prayer, such as someone praying. When someone is praying, don't stare off into space. Don't trim your toenails. And don't fire up a chainsaw. These actions are potentially distracting and may give the impression that you aren't giving the prayer your full attention. The celebratory drop-to-a-knee prayer is really only cool after a touchdown. Laying hands on the sick is simply placing your hands on someone while praying for them. Your connected hands. She has fallen into sin in a big
1: way when she cheated on her boyfriend with that football player. God, and we know that she's been in rehab three times.
0: Saying amen after a bunch of gossip doesn't make it a prayer. So comfort Larry here with the death of his parents and his dog in a horrific unicycle accident. And for me, Lord, with this new car I'm getting, please give me wisdom in choosing the color. Try not to follow a major prayer request with something trivial. If your hands are extended towards someone in prayer, try not to pretend that you're shooting electricity at them like the emperor from Star Wars. And I'd also like to pray for each of our 27 missionary friends by name. Your prayer shouldn't turn lunch into dinner. That's a miracle no one wants. If the good Lord wanted us to eat cold food, he wouldn't have blessed us with the oven.
1: Okay, maybe that's not the authority on prayer. Um... (laughs) Did you get, was it a unicycle accident that was mentioned there? Yeah, okay. Um, The authority on prayer is Jesus. The authority on prayer is our Lord Jesus. And, of course, he teaches us how to pray. Matthew chapter 6, the Lord's Prayer. Um, We learn principles from this prayer. It's probably a prayer that, that you have memorized. Like, you could recite the Lord's Prayer. But there are prayer principles that Jesus teaches there that are even more important than using those specific words. Like maybe you memorize it in the King James and you can recite it without even really thinking about what you're praying. We learn from the Lord's Prayer, like this is how Jesus teaches us to pray, that that we are like children and God is like the Father, a good heavenly Father. We learn that to position ourselves as we are subordinate. And we are connected to and dependent on you, oh God. We ask for provision for our daily needs. Give us this day our daily bread. But God, please provide for me. Lord, you know what I need today, and I'm asking you to sustain me through it. We learn to pray for forgiveness. As we just talked about, coming to the Lord, even when we have messed up, Lord, forgive me. And then, of course, God calls us to extend that forgiveness to others and even pray that, Lord, these other people need forgiven as well. And you want to forgive them, and so I choose to forgive them. We learn to ask for God's will to be done in our lives, in our world. Lord, that your plan, your will, your kingdom would triumph. We learn to pray for protection from evil. God, you can preserve me. God, you will prevail. And so I just want to mention that this morning, that that as we come to Jesus, the authority on prayer... Uh, And we did a whole sermon series, I think it was just last year, on the Lord's Prayer. He teaches us prayer principles that we need to incorporate into our lives. Like, the Lord's Prayer really kind of hits on the key points, the important prayer points that we need and that we experience as humans. And so that was the third obstacle that we talk about as we come to the Lord in prayer. Sometimes it's we don't know how to pray, we don't know what to pray. And so I'm urging you, use the Lord's Prayer. Use Jesus as the authority on it. And learn to pray either that specific prayer or the principles that Jesus is teaching us in the Lord's Prayer. Okay, I have one more obstacle that I want to share this morning that tends to keep us from praying. And it is, we're too busy to pray. I said these were common obstacles. This is probably the most common obstacle. Busyness keeps us from praying. But let's just consider this morning, if God is truly our priority, then spending time with him will be a non-negotiable. Like other things might suffer. Well, I didn't quite get to that. Well, I didn't really make time for that. Well, I really wasn't able to accomplish these things. Other things may suffer, but not our prayer life if God is truly the priority. And so again, this has been kind of a theme throughout this sermon series. Again, here's what it depends on, our view of God. Our view of God, our understanding of who God is. Unimportant God, I'm too busy to pray. I've got things more important than God, is what we're saying. When we're too busy to pray, we have things in our life and in our world that are more important than God. So it depends on our view of God. Unimportant God, well, then I'm too busy to pray. Busyness keeps us from Him. Big God. Important God. Powerful God. Powerful <laughs> God who like a heavenly father longs to affirm us and connect with us and speak life into our hearts and into our marriages and into our families and who longs to speak blessings over us. That's one of the roles of the father. We see it throughout scripture is the father who speaks blessings over his children and his grandchildren. If we understand God that way, then uh, nothing is going to keep us from him. Nothing's going to stand in the way of me positioning myself for, my, for the blessing from my heavenly Father. Nothing else could be more important than that. Jesus called him Abba Father as he prayed in the garden. Abba Father, it's this intimacy, this you have spoken into my life. You help me understand who I am, my purpose, and my identity, and so therefore I come to you. And I'm eager to connect with you. But why is it that busyness is so often the thing that keeps us from prayer? There's a story about a famous Christian leader who once had a conversation with someone. And the person said, oh, I'm too busy to pray. To which he quickly responded, oh, really? Because I'm too busy not to pray. Martin Luther is quoted as saying, I pray two hours a day. Unless I'm really busy, in which case I pray three hours. Unimportant God, busyness keeps us from prayer. What is our view of him? If he is a heavenly father who longs to speak blessings over us, then nothing will keep us from him. Imagine if Jesus was too busy to pray. And he had important things that he was doing, right? Imagine if Jesus said, yeah, I don't really have time for that. I've got a few healings on the schedule today. I've got some teaching that I need to do. I've got some miracles to perform. I'm too busy to pray. Jesus was a busy guy, by the way. If you didn't realize that, like, he had three years of, of full-time ministry on earth, and it was a busy three years, but he was never too busy to pray. In fact, Mark chapter 1 describes a really busy time for Jesus. Like, in one particular day, it begins with Jesus. He's going into Capernaum. He goes to the synagogue, and He teaches. And then he's confronted by this demon-possessed man whom he heals. And then he and his disciples leave the synagogue, and they go to the home of Andrew and Peter, and Peter's mother-in-law is sick, and he heals her. Like, this is just the, the day that never ends for our Lord. He just has one thing piling up after another. That evening, it says the entire town gathered around the house, and they were bringing to Jesus those who were sick and demon-possessed, and Jesus healed them and drove out many demons. <laughs> Like, he was exhausted. It was a busy time. And then in Mark chapter 1, verse 35, it says this. Very early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house, and went off to a solitary place where he prayed. Like, if today is going to be anything like yesterday, Jesus first had to make time to connect with God. If today is going to be anything like yesterday... That I'm going to make sure I'm getting up before the sun does. I'm getting up before the noise and the din and the demands of the crowds and the people and my schedule to meet with God. The priority for Jesus was being with his heavenly father. He wasn't too busy to pray. And may I suggest to you this morning that you're not either. You're not too busy to pray. And notice here. Jesus withdraws to a place where there aren't going to be other people to distract him There aren't going to be other things to distract it Like you don't get the impression that jesus took his ipad with him to the solitary place to pray So it's not just people that we need to leave behind like in our modern world It's not just people that we need to leave behind. It's how do we need to quiet ourselves? to connect with the lord are you taking your iPhone with you when you meet with God? Do you have other things that are pulling you to think about, to plan, to learn from during that time? Or are you able to disengage, be like Jesus here, Mark 1, 35, rise before anyone else when it's still dark. The noise hasn't begun. You leave behind all the distractions and you meet with God. I'm challenged by that. Like, just as Jesus prioritized his life around making time with God, so I, too, need to develop this practice. Your life, your prayer life, which is the single greatest catalyst for your spiritual growth, cannot be hindered by your busyness. Because if it is, you are misplacing your priorities. And your view of God is extremely limited. Jesus, he teaches us the importance of creating this space to encounter God. We heard it in Matthew 6, 6. But when you pray, go into your room, he said, shut the door and pray to your father who is in secret and your father who sees in secret will reward you. So when your calendar gets full and your quiet time with God gets harder and harder and harder to maintain, What do you do you ask god for wisdom What do I need to say no to lord because I got a lot of demands I got a lot of people that need me. I got a lot of appointments. I need to keep I got a lot of responsibilities and chores that need done. You go to the lord and ask for his wisdom And let me say this As we learn to cultivate a a life of prayer, yes, it begins with this discipline of learning to pray in our inner room, in that personal cell, before we're sent out in our coracle to the world God has for us. But also, we are to pray continually. Prayer isn't limited to that inner room. Prayer is there where we seek the face of God and quiet our hearts before him. But then the scriptures teach us that we are to pray throughout. So like in 1 Thessalonians 5, Paul tells us to rejoice always, pray without ceasing, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Did you catch that? The will of God is that you and I would learn conversational prayer that is continual throughout the day. So it doesn't mean you got to sprint off to find a closet when you're at work and you want to pray. Or you're at school and all of a sudden it's like, well, I'm going to, I have to kneel down, close my eyes right here, clasp, clasp my hands together right in the middle of the lecture. But can you pray in those places? Absolutely. Our prayers don't cease because God is in those places. And through prayer, we commune with God. We fellowship with him. We learn to talk with God and listen to God throughout the day. And let me tell you where this is really, really helpful and beneficial. When something happens to you, and it's the kind of thing that tends to make you fearful or anxious or things that would cause you worry, prayer becomes your first response. You respond, and I'm talking about on the fly, in the wild, during the day. When those things happen that that tend to... Frustrate you or cause you worry or fear you learn that prayer is your first response. So I want to encourage us today That you can turn to the lord that that you can cast your cares upon him as the scriptures say why because he cares for you If you are a child of god Born again made new trusting in the lord jesus christ do not allow fear to fill your heart you trust god in fact if you have a prayer need today Our prayer team is going to be available right up here in the front after the service. I invite you to come. We would be honored to pray with you and to pray for you. Prayer is like a conversation with God. Talking and listening and inviting God into our hopes and dreams and fears and pain. And God grows our faith as we pray. It's the single greatest catalyst to our spiritual growth. And when prayer doesn't seem to work, pray anyway. And when you feel guilty and you've messed up, pray anyway. And when you don't know how to pray and you don't know what to say and you don't know how it's going to go, pray anyway. And when you think you're too busy to pray, pray anyway. The Lord is always ready. The Lord delights in you. So will you come to him today? Let's do that now by going to the Lord in prayer. Oh, Heavenly Father, you are holy and righteous and you're set apart and you're different from us, Lord. And so we come into your presence knowing that it's like you're the potter and we're the clay. That you have the authority. And so we do so humbly and we do so with grateful hearts. Lord, would you provide for us today everything we need? Not only the food we eat, but your abiding presence with us. Your enduring strength to help us overcome. Lord, we pray that our plan and will wouldn't prevail, but that yours would. And so, Lord, we thank you today for the times where the answer to our prayer has been no. But, Lord, we persist in seeking you. And we long to see your kingdom lived out in our lives and in our homes and in our church and in our community and in our world. And Lord, how thankful we are that you forgive us when we do wrong. And we pray, Lord, that you would help us to forgive others just as you've forgiven us. We pray, Lord, for protection. We know we have a spiritual enemy who's out to get us, who wants to harm us and destroy us. We pray, Lord, that you would give us the shield of faith equip us with the full armor of God that we might take our stand against the devil and his schemes that Lord we entrust ourselves to you completely and entirely so Lord have your way in us and would you teach us to pray to be disciplined in prayer and to learn continual prayer throughout each and every day as we desperately seek you oh Lord we need you and we are so grateful to be called by your name your people, the people of God, the people blessed by a heavenly father who calls us your children. Lord, I pray your blessing over each one. I pray that you would help us and I pray that you would guide us for your glory and for the sake of the gospel of our Lord Jesus. It's in his name we pray all of these things. Amen.